0: Ready to elevate your fall fashion? Target's new limited-time-only fall designer collection with designers Kika Vargas, Laleen, and Sergio Hudson isn't just about great style for all. It's also all about great styling. With so many ways to style them and wear them, the collection's versatile designer pieces are meant to mix and match and become new staples in your wardrobe. Get a sneak peek of the new looks by exploring the fall designer collection now on Target.com before it drops October 9th. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network.
1: Hi, I'm Garode Farrelly. And I'm Nick Cavanaugh. And you're listening to Agony Rams. Hello, hello, listeners, and welcome to our show.
2: Oh, wow. That's very I know. Very I feel proper... like I've
1: done a proper top.
2: You know, I. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> Have you?
1: What a start. <laughs> what a start.
2: You are setting the tone now. This is it. The like... tone is been <laughs> set.
1: How are you, Neve?
2: I'm very good. I actually much more rested than the last time I saw you. The last time, the last time
1: we saw Neve, she had been singing to uh, oh. loads of people. Loads
2: and loads of people. All week. All week.
1: And uh, she was actually cross eyed.
2: <laughs> I didn't have a kind word to say to her. Wa- yeah,
1: I watched the videos. You might notice there's no video of last week's episode, no. right? Because <laughs> a lot of it was Neve going. Cut that out now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there was an element to that. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I was just wrecked.com.
1: Also, we have to say a big thank you because last week I pressed the wrong button on the desk. Scrolled. Look, you see a button, you press it. Okay. That's what happens. <laughs> I pressed it Never. and it only recorded Neve's mic. Well, so my mic wasn't recorded. So Amory Cullen an audio extraordinaire. She took her the, the audio from the video and she fixed it. And that's why there was an episode last week. Oh, so she's, thank you Amory. She's
2: an angel. Uh, to be fair, that's a very discerning desk if it only had my mic recorded. I just <laughs> Um anyway.
1: Real piece of work. <laughs> Working in a real piece you know, of work. You know, I
2: had a really lovely week this week, but clearly not as fabulous as your week.
1: I had a good week this week. Niamh. Oh my God. I have to say, I was on at the Palladium. I
2: know, I felt like I knew, I knew somebody famous. I'm very excited. I
1: was very excited, I have to say. It's the strangest place in the world. Oh really? The Palladium. Yeah, it's really, really weird. Is
2: that because of Bruce Forsyth's ghost? Is it, like, Well,
1: Bruce Forsyth's ghost is there because, here's the thing. Right now, I, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't say this in general, but no. like you know, the agony rants listeners, we can have a conversation okay. and keep it among ourselves. Nobody listen. If basically what happened is Bruce Forsyth died, his ashes are interred in the wall under the stage.
2: All of his ashes.
1: All of his ashes. Yeah. So that's where he is.
2: You sure doesn't keep some back, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Surely his wife was Well, I mean, maybe there's some there, they want to
1: clone him. Yeah. But like he's he's in he's in the wall is the story anyway. And there's a big plaque beside where he is, right? Okay. And when I walked when when I went in, the stage manager brought me down to say it's your first time at the Palladium, so you have to go to say Bruce's hello to Ashes. Bruce, Bruce's Ashes. And ask permission. And, and then know that you're when you're performing on the Palladium stage, you're standing on Bruce's shoulders. Do you have to that's what they say.
2: Okay, do you have to like kiss it or anything? No,
1: but it was just—it was really nice. Like no, I, I thought that—that's that's actually lovely. To be
2: fair, as a comedian or even as a performer at all, because Bruce Forsyth, you know, I mean, yeah, a king. lot of people are young, but he was the king of pre- presenting yeah, entertainment and a
1: big variety. Yeah, huge, king.
2: huge. Could sing, dance, do—I mean, he was funny. He, he was, was an all-rounder,
1: like. Yeah, he was. Um, so it was that was a really nice moment, right? Mm. And then <laughs> I went back to the dressing room and I was thinking about it quite a bit. Okay. And then I went down and I had another look. <gasps> okay. And I thought. If I was Bruce Foresight and I wasn't well and and you were planning your funeral, you'd be like, oh, I want, to be, I want to be in the wall of the Palladium. But I think Bruce forgot to ask one question. Which is? And that was, where exactly?
2: <laughs> Did he want to be on the stage?
1: <laughs> like, I don't know if that was where he wanted to be. Like, for me, it's a little bit close to the cam machine.
2: <laughs> Not quite the level of respect you're looking for. Well,
1: the second time I went down... Mm. I just noticed there's a low hum of a can machine <laughs> <laughs> in the presence of Bruce that I can't imagine he expected. I would imagine if Bruce was in the hole of his health when he made this decision, he would have said, well, come Need to the play to more come, we'll have a look, and he'll have a look, and then he went, do you, know, do you know what, I have other places to see. It, like, if you were getting emotional about Bruce Foresight, and then all of a sudden there's in the corner.
2: <laughs> Get the Coke Zero out of it. Think-
1: It's a great leveller. I mean, I suppose it is that thing of, it's just not that glamorous backstage.
2: So so if that's the case, if we kind of equate that, you know, where are we putting your ashes?
1: Well, not there. (laughs) Not there.
2: But, you know, to be honest, it's being
1: decided. It
2: kind of reminds me, and funny you should say that, like, you know, it reminds me of when we had to put our first dog down. And... (laughs) I don't mean the Bruce Forsyth's death it reminds me about putting a dog <laughs> down. What a transition. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about the ash thing, right? You know, and, and you know, our we love this dog so much and um, I wasn't there, but my husband brought him and he was in bits. He was in bits. Right? Yeah, it's so Him fast. and the kids were small, right? And they were all there and they said goodbye to her. And then, you know, obviously they catch it on the way out and go, would you like you know, how would you like this? Would you like us to throw them in with all the other dogs or do you want them cremated separately? <laughs> and you go, Oh my God, I've divided cremated separately, of course. And then, you know, would you like it in a boat? Yes, anything. You know, two hundred and sixty pounds later, like we had a box uh. of ashes. And we were like, like a mahogany box of ashes of with a gold plaque on the top. Of it. ah. Yeah, it's lovely. But you know, now we just keep finding the box around the place. Going, what the hell is that? You know, we should have just scattered our ashes somewhere. Like, oh,
1: that's the... cute, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, like that was a very weird transition. At no point do we want to suggest <laughs> that Bruce Forsyth's family, at some point, know, just like, ashes, ashes come on, are... old soldier, it's time.
2: <laughs> no, but I, it's funny. What what you do after death is a big thing, but I yeah. think it's more about the people are left behind I actually don't care where you put me after I die because well, I'm dead why are we here <laughs> why are
1: you we brought here? us here I, I just thought <laughs> the and all of, sudden, all of a sudden you were getting your dog put down
2: <laughs> why are we maybe his wife had, had the mahogany box like me and kept finding it going what am I going to do with those <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she said, oh, I know, we'll put them in the plate."
1: Oh, I think <laughs> this was not Bruce's dream. <laughs> this is not how he wants to be remembered. you didn't answer me.
2: You didn't say where you want your ashes to go. <laughs> if <laughs> I, I guy-
1: die before Joanne McNally, I want someone to throw them right in our face at the <laughs> stage <station. laughs> door. So, this week, we thought we would talk about fashion fails.
2: We did, because... We're no strangers to them. <laughs> we are
1: no strangers to I them. say we,
2: I'm no strangers Do to Do
1: you know them. what annoyed me about this? <laughs> what? Was the amount of people that were willing <laughs> to point out my fashion <laughs> fails as soon as I announced it as a
2: topic. Yeah. In, welcome to my world. People point out my fashion fails all the time, even when I don't raise it as a topic. <laughs> 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 Unsolicited fashion fail advice comes it's, across it's, all the time. I, I'm
1: well aware of my own fashion fails, right? Mm. I, I I am one for a plaid shirt, which people seem <laughs> <laughs> absolutely furious about. Like, I'm sorry, I think it's I, I think a plaid shirt is perfectly acceptable.
2: <laughs> well, How do
1: you feel about a plaid shirt? In
2: circumstances. I, it's funny actually. I quite I'm like tell me if
1: there is no circumstance a plaid shirt is unacceptable. That's it's, not true. It's dressy when it's dressy when it needs to be. No, no, no. It, it is. No, no. Excuse me. And it is. It's also casual.
2: Okay. I'm, okay. I'm going to give you right. In no circumstance, or sorry, there is no circumstance where a plaid shirt isn't fashionable if you're Brad Pitt, right? Because you can wear what the <laughs> feck you like, right? I'm not suggesting. Oh, anything, the, oh but, we're
1: going down. We're going down a very dangerous route. <laughs>
2: No plaid shirts are lovely in their in- environments, and if you you know if you're not wearing one today, like
1: no, I know I forgot because we're filming the social media videos today, and I'm raging now. I forgot I would have I would have made an effort, shirt. but I didn't. Like a plaid shirt because I think I think that's my vibe. I'm a plaid gay.
2: You're a plaid gay.
1: Yeah, they're like, there's bears, there's twinks, there's otters, there's I know loads all of, of those.
2: I've never heard of I'm plaid a plaid gay. gay. I mean, I know there's a tweed. Lesbian, right? You know, obviously tweed is a big thing. Oh in yeah. Hands, yeah.
1: Okay. Well, uh, yeah, tweed lesbian, plaid gay. Why but,
2: did you point to me? For that? Uh, a, I don't wear tweed, and B, <laughs> I'm nearly sure. Well, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm nearly sure I'm not a lesbian. You know. Yeah.
1: An opportunity is an opportunity, you know, Dave. So far, there are. comes a the point.
2: I'm 54. Like, I'm, I'm, there's still time.
1: <laughs> I I did a, a TV show years ago. Yeah. Like the and the video is still out there. Yeah. But and I thought when I did, I thought I looked. Amazing. really good Okay. I mean I thought it looked absolutely great And what were you wearing? I was wearing a plaid short sleeve shirt and again people have a problem with a short sleeve shirt and I love a short sleeve shirt I know you do <laughs> I'm well aware <laughs> The pity in that tone is unappreciated No name. I think it's
2: acceptance <laughs> I think it's you know I think you should be grateful for the acceptance I give you
1: <laughs> <laughs> This is <outrageous>. You know <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I you know I cannot be throwing the stones right because I I'm not <laughs> I have worn some doozies in my time, you do. <laughs> and you know what I always you regret. do get sick. I do get a lot of sick, but the thing is because I really this is, sounds really terrible, but I don't care. Right, I want to be comfortable on stage, and actually, when I dress myself the way I like to be dressed, generally speaking. I wear the same type of thing, so I wear like my boots, my trousers, like jeans, and a nice top or something. Maybe a jacket. I wear a lot of jackets because I like to cover the bits. Well, but you know, I I wear different kind of things. And actually, what I find is I'm not really a fashion kind of person. Like I'm still wearing clothes like like much older than my children probably, but. <laughs> I still have clothes. I feel if they work, if I put them away for a couple of years, I can take them back out. Because at a certain age, I just don't, I don't, I'm not that way. I think actually if I'm doing my gig, if you're more concerned about what I'm wearing, I'm definitely not doing my job right. You know, realistically, does it really matter what I'm wearing? I suppose it does. I I mean, mean... I look at other people and I think, yeah, you know, but uh, I I have worn some real, when other people get involved, (laughs) I like, oh my God. But that's because you're a people
1: pleaser. Because <laughs> what happens is you go into a situation a and they go, loser. do you know what we'll do, Niamh? Let's go all out here. And you go, well, okay. all right then. Okay. I, but
2: I, I, think, <laughs> I think sometimes I stand in that room and I think they must know more than me. And, and they don't. And they really don't, they don't. when it comes to me because I can't pull it off. But the thing Some you is... Some people can pull those things off, but I can't. I just I just go, what the hell am I, I doing? You
1: see, I think that's because your, your uh, whole vibe is very approachable and personable.
2: Okay, I want to. I want you are say... less
1: approachable. <laughs> you would probably get away with no. more eccentric outfits.
2: Okay, yeah, I'm. I mean, not with me. Is that your nice? Is that your? <laughs> nice, is, is that I'd, your... Th-
1: I'd still say, Neve. Okay, <laughs> come in here and take that off. <laughs> right.
2: There's two two issues there, right? that you brought up in that whole sentence right, that I've discovered. Right, first of all, you clearly have a problem with some of my fashion. Right? That no, you I don't. Just, and then. I'm a people pleaser. Um, You are a people pleaser. No, I am. I am. I'm. To be fair, I am. I am. (laughs) Like nobody,
1: nobody has ever come away from a situation and said, "Do you know who really let me down?" Neve Kavanaugh.
2: No, no, that's true. But but the other (laughs) thing,
1: like Neve, she was absolutely brilliant. She showed up. She sang in your eyes at my mother's funeral, and then she did an oil change on the hearse. (laughs) What a woman! (laughs) I will be that person. What a woman! If you, if you wore something really, really eccentric, right, yeah. what would happen is...
2: Oh no, it, it, people, I tell you, you what would happen, 2010 Euro final, the, the, the Euro song final, <laughs> that's what happens when you try to be avant-garde. I really tried hard to be something different and it, it, it was so beyond everything that I should have worn. There wasn't a single thing on me that I should have been wearing. It was and lovely. It was, Yes, I thought you looked great. Did you think so? I I looked. I thought I was going for a Florence and the Machine, but I didn't quite pull it off. But I was wearing these shoes that I had to actually physically balance to get into. I still have them at home. The heels are so tall; they're like spikes. I could actually (laughs) kill a human being with them. And uh, and the and the front block, you know, because they're like. um, But you're qualified. I did,
1: despite you got through,
2: despite the corset. Um, <laughs> but I
1: think it looked great.
2: I I think it looked great. I mean, I. So you have a specific thing then? What, have you got something specific that I failed in? Come on, no, I'm just interested. I don't, no,
1: I genuinely don't. You I mean, have I, that I do think I do think that your 93 Eurovision postcard. I think. <laughs> now. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of jackets going on yeah, there. Yeah, but that was because there's a, a mocha tweed. tweed
2: needed to be advertised, and they put me in the tweed outfits walking on. The wonderful thing they did for me in '93 is they dressed me like a forty-year-old woman, yes. and when I hit the next Eurovision, they all thought I hadn't aged a single day. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> well, you look there's, so much there's younger. There is somebody playing the long game. The long game. That's I didn't know that was ahead is. of me. But actually, to be fair, the reason they dressed me, even for the Eurovision itself, right in '93, this is hilarious, right? But
1: you did. You did look much older than, yes, you, than you are. Than I did. I Because you were 25. I was twenty-five.
2: I mean, but I, I mean. In saying that, the, the it did. I put a lot of that on them. I said, I don't want sequins. Yeah, I yes. don't want anything green. I don't want to look like an Irish collie when I'm doing this. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Just because the red hair, and I don't want you know anything that's going to be awkward because you have to wear it for a long time. You basically wear it for two days straight. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then you have to sit in it. I had to sit in it for two hours and go back out and look like something. I mean, you know and I, I mean I have I have don't have the grace to pull that off. Right? <laughs> so it has to be practical. So I did put a lot on them like to be fair. I do remember at
1: the time you had an amazing pair of boots. Okay, which and, like, they are were, they the knee like, highs? They were like really high yeah. with studs on the top uh-huh, uh-huh. and he used to pair them with a red jacket. Yeah. And it was like
2: yeah. banger I have up a story the top, business down the bottom. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I I I was very rock and roll in my time. You were very rock and roll. And the thing is when if you look at the national final and actually I wore the same bodysuit on the Grammys in 92 just dropping that in there. But anyway, I bought this bodysuit to wear on the Grammys, right? And most women will tell you that they understand this situation. <laughs> a bodysuit is a commitment and a half. But this was a, like one of those really heavy, I'm not going to say like her, but you know, that really heavy cotton kind of thing. So it was okay. body forming. And uh, I bought this bodysuit. So it was full kind of bodysuit you put on and you had to kind of get out it from the neck down. There was no zip. There was no nothing. It was literally physical. Oh, wow. So I had this suit and it had crocheted sleeves. <laughs> But you didn't know that because I wore jackets with it mostly, but in the okay. Grammys I wore it like out because it looked really good and the long strings out, but it looked very rock and roll. And I had this belt that I wore with it, right, and stuff like that. So it kind of, back then you wore belts that kind of hung low, you know. They okay, weren't a low actually slung a belt. belt. <laughs> it was just like a drape rather than a belt. <laughs> a pelmus. You know, like a pelvis exactly right. So anyway, I wore this suit for the national final. Right, uh, with the little gold bolero jacket, which I have in a bag, like in a black plastic bag somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Some Eurovision fans going to get all this, you know, musty and all. <laughs> but anyway, so the, this this little bolero, and then I had my boots that I absolutely loved. I wore them so much; they were like a big extravagance. They were handmade Italian leather,
0: mm-hmm. right?
2: And they, I bought them, and they, I still have them. Actually, I still have them, and they have they're really long. Uh, just over the knee with silver studs, like so. There was like a jagged edge on the top. Handmade Italian. They were really expensive. Like I love boots and shoes. I buy. I just love them. Right. It's the only fashion bit that I actually am in remotely interested in. And I did the national final. And I remember the director of Eurovision going with the Euro song, saying, "I want the girl with the boots." To. Wear. <laughs> and after that, they never let me dress myself again. <laughs> the other thing that I used to wear a lot in the in the eighties, the girls, to tell you. They used to have these bodysuits where they had poppers underneath. You know the way baby Oh like have,
1: baby grows. Yeah, like
2: baby <laughs> grows. But they and the thing is some of them used to have either hooks like bra hooks or you had poppers. Oh. And the problem with that is sometimes you'd be wearing it and you'd be, you know, writhing away in your gig and gyrating or whatever you want to call it. You know just really then a Popper go. Back in my day, and then a popper. Now, depending on which popper went <laughs> You know, if you've got three poppers and that pop, the middle popper pops, you know, that's a sore moment because you just, it's chafing. Uh, but but sometimes if all the poppers go, you know, you just suddenly go, oh my God, and your top will ping up. You know, it's like, it's really weird. It's uh, It was a weird kind of accessory. But every time when I, my, I had my kids and I used to do the poppers underneath their little things, I used to think, God, imagine we used to wear the same stuff. <laughs>
1: I was definitely one for all, like a bright shirt when I was a kid, you were. like a big, like a big I used to heavily see you pattern. Yeah, I know. And it, they were they were pretty much. I mean, I think my mom was concerned. Concerned, <laughs> but well, I mean, they were desperate looking shirts. But De- at the same time, I was Did you never use them yourself. I was never going to get like knocked off a bike.
2: <laughs> Did she put them on you?
1: No, I I bought them. Like when, know. You know, like when you start to buy your own clothes as a teenager, you kind of go, oh, I'm going to make a statement. <laughs> and then you look back and go, I shouldn't have made that one. <laughs> I
2: know. The first the first statement I made was myself and my two friends. They all had pastel colored dungarees oh, and they'd already got the, the nice color. So I had the third color that was left in the pastel range. I can't remember what it was. I think it was, you know, purple, probably, you know, that light lavender color. Oh, yeah, yeah. But. Clearly, I hadn't kind of thought it through about what size I should get. And it was a little bit, you know, short in the crotch. It's not a look. No.
1: It's not a look. (laughs) Like, this is the thing that really bothers me. Mm -hmm. I don't keep an eye on what's fashionable and what's not fashionable. No, no. And then, like, I went in, I wanted to buy a strong coloured shirt, (laughs) like, just a bright shirt uh, for the show at the weekend. But... What's fashionable now apparently is all like pastel colors. So it's all peaches and blues and okay. lavenders. And, and for a gay like,
2: man, that's like, no. No. No.
1: No. no. Not at all. No, no, my. And, kids. And, and you just can't get one. And like, the, the thing about it is, I <laughs> like, when I see somebody that's really, really fashionable, I'm never certain that they're really fashionable or whether they're in the throes of a mental health crisis. <laughs> You <laughs> we were announced we were doing fashion fails, yeah. right? Two of my friends got in touch with me mm. because they both wanted to talk to me about a jacket that they have always insisted was like a massive fashion fail. And they even sent me a photograph of me wearing the jacket <laughs> when I bought it because I bought it with them when I was on holidays in America. And they never said? No, they, lo- they they said at the time it's horrible and I loved it. And they sent me the photograph of me wearing the jacket. And I thought, I still think that's great. <laughs> and I can't believe that I was bullied <laughs> into giving that jacket away.
2: Okay. I need to see that photograph. I am. I'm
1: going to put it on Instagram. I'm, I'm going to get a hot or not.
2: A hot or not?
1: Yeah. Tag. I want to know. I, I want the do definitive answer. Do
2: you though? I mean, I'll
1: just be satisfied if it's more than them giving out about it.
2: <laughs> okay. I promise you, I'll do a hot. Thank you. I might not mean it, but I will. Okay. Um, I have one last quick story, right? Go on. About my sister, right? My sister, when she was younger, uh, around the time in '93 when I won Eurovision, obviously boys' home were very, very popular.
1: Oh yeah. And I was
2: doing a TV program with them about a year later, and um, I invited her up because she was young and and she was very into them. She was going to marry Stephen Gately. I mean, I, I never told her that was never. Oh,
1: happening.
2: so was I. I know <laughs> you have that in common. <laughs> so one of you was going to win that, but <laughs> so, tragically neither of you did. No. <laughs> so anyway, uh, he. Um, anyway, she was going to meet them, and obviously. Even though I was massively famous, she wasn't interested in that. She was just beside herself meeting them. So she wore a mohair jumper, right, that my mum bought her. And she was afraid to stand near them in case she'd shed on them. (laughs) So I would say in the future, if you you worry about that sort of thing, never wear them when you're going to meet your hero. She was afraid she was going to shed on Stephen. Yeah, she didn't want to shed on them. Isn't that good?
1: That's very cute.
2: It's not really a fashion fail, is it? Yeah, it is.
1: Well, the mo- a child in a mohair jumper now. <laughs> <laughs> Scratching it's neck. Not, it. It's not about whether it's a fail, but is it a win? Is it a So we did a shout out on social media to for you to get in touch with your fashion fails. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> a lot of people have had them. Yeah. Um, Aileen says, X-Works jeans, tartan polo neck, bodysuit with tartan shirt and docks. Thought I was the bomb. You sound like the bomb.
2: Yeah. Actually, I get that. I used to have a little tartan mini skirt that I loved. I wore it lots with the over-the-knee socks. You remember you used to be able to buy over-knee oh, socks? Oh, yes. Over-the-knee
1: yeah. socks. I haven't thought about them in years. Yeah, I
2: know. I wasn't let into a club once for that, but then... The- for wearing them? Yeah, but quite often I wasn't let into clubs for lots of reasons, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, then uh, Jane says, that old chestnut put on yesterday's jeans, <laughs> yesterday's knickers fall <followed."> out. <laughs> On the school. Room.
1: All you can hope for, all you can hope for, is it happens in the house.
2: Yeah, I know. And you're a little
1: bit ashamed of yourself, but at least nobody else saw.
2: I know, I know the knickers fallers. Um, it, worse again, they kind of li- lie in a, as a lump somewhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that happened to me. I did that. <laughs> this may be the Zoria one day.
2: Come on, groundwork here I now. I do
1: remember uh, a, a, a night that I was like a weekend. I had a couple of gigs in a row. Yeah. That I obviously came home and. <laughs> Took the trousers I was gigging with off, <laughs> threw them on a chair and then went to the gig the next night, put them on and then realised on stage, on stage, that there was also another pair of boxer shorts in the back.
2: Like hanging out or? No, just, no, just. The, you could feel I could them.
1: feel the lump. And I went, oh my God, I know what that is.
2: <laughs> and then you're, you see, when you realise that and maybe nobody else has, you're that's all you can think about
1: oh yeah that's oh absolutely all you can think
2: about. Yeah. and and that's like a bit dodgy i'd say now if you're trying to deliver <laughs> comedies
1: <laughs> he's really found a gimmick there
2: <laughs> i know i know i know
1: um, Seamus toomey says bleach in my hair when i was 13 oh that I, was a
2: thing that was a thing
1: yeah, did, and, I, I i did that once
2: did you yeah i was i went blonde when i was 20
1: yeah i was about the same age <gasps> uh, on a work night out and we were talking about like being fashionable and i was drunk I was like, I know what I'm going to do. Did you
2: go full blonde or did you do the tips?
1: I did the tips. Oh, God. But it that's, it. was that's like, 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 but I did the tip. It you bad. were frosted. Like it, it was frosted. Yeah, it was very bad. But then I also was like, I'm not sure I like it. So they cut some of it out. And then like, it was,
2: I know. So I,
1: I looked like I had bleached my hair, <laughs> but then got mange. <laughs> <laughs> was the, that was the look I ended up with
2: I went blonde when I was 20 it just took a notion and, and went full blonde you know all the lights you know, not the full blonde but you know the way you get like enough highlights in it that it looks like all right, okay, yeah. blonde and I came home and I kept frightening myself in the mirror because I didn't recognise myself you know when you're walking by yeah. the like, oh who's that oh it's me and and then and then my sister took one look at me who and she's a couple of years older than me and she looked at me and she said uh uh-uh, uh no way I'm the blonde one in this no, to be very no, we just looked too alike. It was really scary for us. So oh, neither right, okay. of us, no, neither of us coped well in that situation. <laughs> so we, that was the end of that. I, I think I was blonde for at least about four months, and and even then I couldn't cope. Now I went to the Canaries in between, and I got a tan. Right, and I came back and more white clothes with the blonde hair, and I thought I was the bomb. And I look at the photographs now, and I think that is the most tra- the single most tragic thing. I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> not as bad as the damage. in 2010
1: when you got all that flack yeah you should have said this but is not this. the worst thing I've ever worn <laughs>
2: I wore double denim <laughs>
1: in my blonde photos from the Canaries
2: I also have double denim in 93 because that was a thing you know double they weren't denim. even the same denim I have denim. To say
1: now double denim no. there's an awful lot to be said for it was denim it
2: bad I loved
1: it bewitched <laughs>
2: No, they did it right. I had literally a random waistcoat and and jeans that didn't quite match.
1: See the ninth- that's
2: not really double. The denim. nineties
1: were a time for a waistcoat. Yeah, they were. They really were. And do you remember the like the waistcoats that were waistcoat. kind of decorated? Yeah, you know, like a denim waistcoat with a flower on it.
2: Yeah, God, I have jeans at the moment with flowers down the side. I ah. bought them in TK Maxx. <laughs> I I thought it was going to be really cool on stage, and my friend just didn't stop laughing for about a week when I came home with them but then she's very square so
1: (laughs) (laughs) Rory Lahan says hetero male low riding beige pants became salmon hipsters and uber gay after a wash love them
2: I know but actually uber rich people wear those kind of you know those kind of chino things with like funny colours in them they're not you know most people wear chinos actually to be honest I have a funny thing about chinos do you not like I love a chino I think they're old old people things going on.
1: I If I have to be respectable, I'll wear a chino.
2: Yeah, but I think you can pull that off. I think if I wore a pair of chinos, I would look like I spent too long on Marks and Spencers. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think chinos on women.
2: Looking for looking for some sort of elastic waist.
1: <laughs> Ch- chinos on women are very jolly hard <laughs> sticks.
2: <laughs> they work on some people. Not for me.
1: No, you're too young. I, oh, I You'll know. never be old enough to that. You can pull off a chino. Niece. Oh my God. Rory it. also yeah. says that he made... The, oh my God. This what? is just this is something I would have done. He made a custom shirt on a Thai website. (laughs) Well. And wore it out on date night with his wife. How she laughed.
2: I feel we need to see this shirt.
1: Do you know what? Fair point. Rory, we need a a a picture. Send Send us us a picture.
2: Yeah. And actually, do you know what? Custom made shirt, custom made anything on a Thai website.
1: I'm going to be honest with you.
2: Mm, Has its own People shouldn't
1: be able to dress. Like, people shouldn't, I'm all for people dressing themselves and buying what they want to wear. But they shouldn't be able to make the clothes unless they've been through some sort of training. <laughs> like you shouldn't just get red with white spots and flowers. Like you shouldn't be able to do that. That I think that's a step too far. No, there's I think you should be able to ma- do it. Just
2: don't wear it out.
1: There's a certain amount of control over our lives that we shouldn't have. And yeah. I think a co- designing a custom made shirt on an entire website that's one of thing. It
2: comes under the category of managing a nuclear yeah. <laughs> power station. You know, only somebody qualified should be yeah. doing that. Exactly. Exactly. So here, uh, Jackie Corcoran says, uh, what about luminous jewellery in the late 80s? Sweet baby Jesus. You're right. Actually, the late 80s wasn't cl- kind to a lot of people. We had bat wings. We had neon colours. We had... Fingerless gloves. Is there anything more? Yeah, I have to say. Lace fingerless gloves. And even knitted fingerless gloves, you're going, what the hell is the point of that? If the tips of your finger aren't warm, how are you going to survive?
1: I never, like the only thing that fingerless gloves are good for, right, is.
2: I can't wait for this. <laughs> I seriously can't wait
1: <laughs> If you're busking in December.
2: Ah! <laughs> well, only if you're playing a guitar. Well, yeah. Like, if I'm busking in December I don't need fingerless gloves for that <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. if you're busking in December you need to ring your agents <laughs> and say I want the Eurovision <laughs> what's going on
2: <laughs> I don't know that I've ever busked actually mm.
1: no but but like I've never I've never seen the point of fingerless gloves and then last December I, I think it was last December I saw there was a girl playing the guitar on Grafton Street and for, then I you saw like, it that's what they're for. No,
2: I know. They are for that, but they were they were a look in the 80s. I had a pair of lace ones, fingerless gloves that I used to wear on, on my gigs, you know, because I was, you know, Madonna oh, did that. It was a whole me. thing.
1: And you were just, you were you were almost Madonna. Oh, I really wasn't. I really
0: <laughs> wasn't.
2: <laughs> I did wear cycling shorts a lot. That's a whole thing. Um, um,
1: Gordon so. Gordon Hickey says, using sun in my hair all oh. through my teens. I never went blonde. It always went orange. Oh, God. Sun in. I have to say, I admired so much the people that had the confidence to wear sun, sun in. in. But you remember people that didn't use sun in use and instead they used lemon, lemon juice. I know. I'm going to do that this year.
2: Yeah, though they're the same people who put baby oil instead of sun cream. <laughs> used to cook themselves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's kind of a I see. I used to admire it so much. It's like, oh my god, I'd love to be one of those people that just does that and I doesn't know. care. I might do it this year. I've, I've 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 considered getting like my ear pierced again. I used okay. to have my ear pierced.
2: Okay and um, the reason for that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what sort of midlife crisis are we like, in just, now
1: just in case you're not a bonus subscriber the <laughs> look that Neve Kavanaugh has given me is the same as if I'd said to her "Neve, do you know what I think I'm thinking am going to do <laughs> heroin <laughs>
2: uh, I try not to judge I try not to judge I just road, but, saw somebody with like but a, my face judged you I'm not going to lie <laughs> I wasn't quick enough to stop uh, <laughs>
1: I used to have the crunchy bit of my ear pierced up the top.
2: The crunchy bit? <laughs> the crunchy
1: bit. like, like uh, honeycomb? Is it honeycomb? Yeah, well, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of, you can't exactly swatch no, it. No, I know, I know what um, you mean. It's full of cartilage. Cartilage, there that's you go. it. There um, And I really liked it.
2: Well, then get it done again. I might get it done again. It's all I mean, the Christmas a presents a bit, I'm having to tri-
1: buy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could get very creative <laughs> in the one earring. It's a very big thing, actually. I went to buy earrings recently for my friend and... There's a lot of single earrings. So people, you know, it's, it's a thing now. People just send. But why would you buy two when
1: you only need the one? I
2: know, that's true. But then you'd have, have a replacement if you need it. Anyway, that's another story. You know the way sometimes when you get a nice pair of shoes you like and then you're raging and you didn't buy two? Yeah. Do you ever do
1: that? Yeah, I, th- I thought you were going in a different direction. I, th- <laughs> I thought you were going to say, you know, when you buy a nice pair of shoes and then you break your leg. and then you know, I was like...
2: <laughs> anyway. Okay.
1: Pete Doyle. P-try. said super dry okay. which is nothing less than an attack because you're wearing <laughs> it because I'm wearing <laughs> super dry there's nothing wrong with super dry
2: to be fair my kids grew out of uh, super dry I think age 14 sorry road. I thought
1: super dry was really cool
2: yeah awkward silence
1: <laughs> everything I own is super dry like literally
2: everything I own Awkward silence. Uh, Johnny Grace uh, says, "I wore the bottle caps on my shoes when bros were around." Oh God, Johnny, do you remember Sean? everyone. Oh, bros... uh, sorry, I have to do that again. Joanne Grace says, <laughs> "I wore the bottle caps on my shoes when bros were around."
1: bros were fashion icons. Were they though? They were. Do you remember the ripped jeans? They they introduced the ripped jeans, I'm and they sorry. were also the ones that Jim Brett used to like pull down his pants to show off his USA boxer shorts
2: now if he's responsible for grown men wearing their trousers down around their ankles you know without purpose I'm just going to say there is a teenage thing yeah. of like grown men wearing yeah and I it's don't get it's a terrible it. thing you know you're in a different generation when all you want to do is pull the trousers up I
1: know yeah I'm just how is that how does that not annoy you No, I know Kevin MacGlynn says he wore a flowery shirt to the pub 10 years ago and has been called Jason Manford ever since. (laughs)
2: That's very unfair, I feel. I feel that's very unfair, don't you?
1: Well, Jason Manford has a lot of different looks. Like he can, he smartens up.
2: He does. He looks well.
1: I've considered a flowery shirt. I almost bought one at the weekend.
2: Is that like a natural progression from the plaid?
1: Neve, this is downright hostile <laughs> I
2: know I'm just asking I'm asking flowery shirts are a thing how I, big are the flowers though because you're 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 moving into Hawaiian it's my
1: exact point you know
2: there's Hawaiian shirts and then there's yeah. those you know those tiny motifs I, I,
1: I think that a, a of... shirt I think can look dressy but if the flowers are even slightly too big you look like a stoner
2: yeah you do look a little bit you know not it, as dressy as you think yeah Looks like you bought it on Amazon Absolutely. from some strange place.
1: And also, a, like one of those flirty shirts, you have to close it. The days of having the days of having the shirt open with like a t-shirt under it, if it's a flary shirt, those days are gone.
2: Really? Why? Who said that? Me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> so uh, we had a follow up. From last week? Yes. This makes me very happy. I love it a little does. follow up.
1: I have to say, and this is the type of follow up that we just love. <laughs> when well, you love there's not a but bit actually, of actually I do too. There's not a bit of grace in this. No. And I absolutely love it.
2: It's got you written all over this, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh. It says, uh, hello, love the show. Neve. I saw you at the Eurovision show in Dublin a few weeks ago and you were fab. We were sitting near Geroad and he looked very proud. Ah, He was very proud. Were you I very, was proud? very proud? Yeah, I was. Uh, also, please can you ask him why he was laughing about a
2: tube <laughs> <laughs> Really? About a tube of, I, <laughs> Did we talk about this?
1: I don't know if we spoke about this. What
2: happened about the tube of was a, There was a tube... The,
1: Basically, oh. if you bought raffle tickets, you got a tube of moisturiser. Well, what they told you was moisturiser, right? And I think we got two tubes because we bought two things. That, so you're given two, which I thought was, this is random now that we've been given a moisturizer. tube of moisturiser. But, and there were even the host said it was moisturiser. But when we read it, it wasn't moisturiser. What was it? It was a cream that's used to take the dead skin off your feet.
2: Oh, Janie Mac, I need that the Camino. <laughs> Have you got it still? But, yeah, you
1: <laughs> but if you use that as a moisturiser, you're getting a chemical peel. There won't be a Eurovision fan with a face <laughs> left. <laughs>
2: Anyway, let's get back to Denise.
1: We, we get back to Denise. <laughs> anyway, I had to write you today because I've just heard your episode about the frosty mother-in-law. Oh, uh, I had one of those, and she was a bloody nightmare. Mm. I have one piece of advice: don't invite her for dinner. Because if you remember, what was going to happen was the, the, the her partner, boyfriend suggested yeah. that uh, maybe the mother would warm to the girlfriend if a little she bit more brought if she her brought him to her house for dinner yeah yeah
2: uh,
1: and she said uh, denise says i did that in the early days and not only did she give out about my apartment she also pretended to get food poisoning <laughs> 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 and the way she did this is absolutely spectacular yeah. she just said that she had food poisoning for a week without any symptoms and everyone in the family just accepted that me the new girlfriend had poisoned their mother <laughs> Total wagon. She died a few years ago. Good riddance. <laughs> Love the showkeeper,
2: Denise, you are our demographic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong, Denise. The witch is dead. <laughs> we are stopping for a moment to remind you that Agony Rants is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. If you would like to support the show and us, you can do so by becoming a member of Headstuff Plus for as little as €5 euro a month. And with your €5 euro a month... We get to pay for Diesel, Neves parking, and Brownies.
2: And food. Just general food.
1: Just the general stuff that keeps the show going. Yeah. Uh, And we would love you to support us. And we thank everybody that has signed up already. And we hope you're enjoying the bonus content from us Mm -hmm. and from all of the other shows on Headstuff Podcast Network. And the show that we are promoting this week. Because technically we're the ones that everybody else is promoting. Everyone else is promoting. So we're going to present. So we are promoting Fascinated. Yay! Which is another show on the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's a show where I track down and chat to people I was a big fan of when I was a teenager.
2: Oh, bless. Bless. I was one of them.
1: Yeah, Neve was one of them.
2: (laughs) It's a great show. Here's a clip.
1: I'm Garode Farrelly and I'm the host of Fascinated. Have you ever wondered about the pop bands you liked as a teenager? What went on behind the scenes? We
0: had played this, like, grand prank. It
1: sounds terrible, but I'm
2: just so relieved it's over. And then they had this, like, great idea of getting another girl in who looked like Heavenly. What
1: did they do afterwards?
2: And all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's the end of that. It
1: was all blowing up when it all kind of just unraveled.
2: And I thought it would last forever and it didn't.
1: Check out Fascinated with me, Gerald Farrelly, on the Headstuff Podcast Network.
2: Niamh, I love your voice and I'm really pleased to hear we might get some new music from you. And Groot, we have tickets for you in the real capital in January. We can't wait. So that's definitely a Cork It's Cork. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) It's Cork
1: because A, the real capital and B, it's the only gig I've booked in January.
2: (laughs) Um, I have a problem. Okay, Barry. And thought maybe you might be able to help me. I have to make a best man speech in a couple of weeks and I'm really stuck. It is really bothering me. I've had loads of time to prepare for it. But now it's getting short and I have almost nothing on the page. Myself and my brother have always had a good relationship and he's a nice guy, but we aren't exactly close. We don't socialise together and we're very different people. Also, he has has always been the family favourite. Oh, we know this dynamic. Dun, dun, dun. He played GAA and everyone loved him. And I was the gay brother who had Eurovision party. Now, oh, I should say an excellent Eurovision party, right? But anyway, yes, In brackets, well in done. In brackets.
1: Well done for qualifying, I know
2: marriage. that. Uh, I just need to get a start on it and then I'll be fine. But easier said than done. I don't want to just wing it. But at this stage, I might have to. I don't suppose Garode would take a commission. <laughs> All the best, Barry. Well now, Garode.
1: no. I don't do, I don't do but, we, but we can help. We can help. We can help. There's a few things with this, right? Okay. One is what people think a best man speech is, mm-hmm. right? And a best man speech, they think, oh, it's gas, it's hilarious. It doesn't have to it be. It doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. right? It's just a speech. Mm-hmm. right and what happens is there's also the other thing that people think of best speech is, is, is a best man's Beach is is that it's a roast yeah and it doesn't need to be it absolutely isn't right because your job is the best man you're the host as well because you've got you know you've got to kind of introduce like all of MC? the others yeah you're kind of in the whole mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. right and the job of the MC is actually to bring the audience together that's what your job is right wow
2: I did the, not know that.
1: Yeah, that's it. Like that don't divide the audience. Because what happens, the, the worst Best Man speeches are the ones where the they decide to roast the groom. They tell like some sort of drunk story or sex yeah. story or drug yeah, yeah, story. True, true, true. And what happens is one bit of the room all think they're a legend, the other half are zoned out, and then other people are saying. Should he have told that story? So, so is I mean, that like you've got three, like three, three different groups in the, three halves, in the yeah. room, and and like you're you're then you're fighting you're fighting a losing battle. Then, yeah, no, I right? get it. I get it. I would say first of all, just remember that when you're writing it, right? Mm. Don't like so no embarrassing stories. And then the other thing is, you may feel you want to embarrass them, right? <laughs> because obviously there's a bit of competition going clearly,
2: on. Clearly, clearly,
1: I would say you do nostalgia. Yeah. Rather than embarrassing.
2: Yeah, I, actually, I love playing on the fact that you know who's the favorite, right? We always do that in the joke. Yeah, that's a really fun thing to do, and you can have the fun with that in the sense that you, the two of you, you know, have the best whatever. But you're obviously going to have a variety of people at the thing, but it's going to be mostly his mates.
1: Yeah, like I, I think as well if he if you don't know him as a person, yeah, because give you know you're on you're in different parts of your lives or whatever yeah, you, yeah, you feel yeah. like different, there's a bit of a divide lives, there yeah, yeah.
2: yeah just talk about him as a kid yeah because you were definitely together then yeah exactly but, <laughs> at least for periods of
1: time And but the other thing not to do right it's the opposite of the embarrassing bit is don't do the emotional bit oh don't do that right okay it's not because because he's he's the, he's the be, you're the best man there's going to be father of the bride speeches there's going to be there's going to be all those opportunities for emotion from other people
2: It's his brother. He can be emotional.
1: No, I don't think so. I think you see you're the leveler. You're the person that's going to keep introducing the people. So you
2: have to reset the room. When I got married, I I did the speech. Paul said he didn't want to make the speech until I made my speech. And then he felt he had to get up. and. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: not a speech. That's a right of reply.
2: (laughs) He made a right of reply afterwards. Yeah, I, I kind of get what is what saying. I totally agree. You don't want you don't need to roast them. You don't need to be crude. The funnier speeches are the ones where you just borderline touch on things.
1: The people that are there are there because they like him. Yeah. So talk about the good things that yeah. he's done. Yeah. I mean, look, maybe he hasn't done that much good. <laughs> <laughs> but there are, like, he certainly helped people. Maybe yeah. he has a pet. Maybe, you know, Like, lean into just the good stuff. Yeah. I think that if you are trying to write a speech that's funny and also roasts them and hits all these boxes, you're just that.
2: It's an awful pressure. And the only thing is, not everyone can deliver it. Even if you wrote the funniest speech, you think it's funny when you read it because you, in your head you put in the nuances but when you deliver it sometimes it's like
1: The nuances are gone.
2: Yeah, because that happens to me because I'm not a comedian but I, I'm sometimes funny on stage, right? And so sometimes I'm delivering a story that I think is hilarious and I kind of know where I'm going with it but halfway through you realise this is not
0: really the yeah, way it's not where you're going.
2: This is really not going where I thought it was. You know, and people are not responding the way in my head they're all falling around the place laughing but that doesn't really happen.
1: And nothing off the cuff. No, nothing. I don't care what anyone Says about the like, even like, even like, I'm a comedian, and a best man speech is the hardest room you'll ever do, yeah. So, you read that speech, don't just put bullet points down, read the the speech. speech. And (laughs) if and if it looks like you're not reading it,
2: I'm sorry, I'm sorry, all I can hear now is you know, there's like dire warnings coming in. I think if Barry was nervous before, I'd say he's not in any way because I'll tell you what happens
1: at those weddings, right? Yeah weddings they churn people in and out of those hotels and at some point hotel manager is just gonna hand you a wireless mic and go off you go because you're the best man yeah because you're the one that will get the least time the room won't be settled no like it's it's all your job to do that so i would say read the speech have it on cards don't use paper yeah no get yourself agreed Get a pritt stick glue it all to cards Put put the numbers on the top of the cards. Barry, it's all about the organization. Growth
2: is just the gift that keeps on giving. You know, like you're getting an arts and crafts thing. And well. the
1: other thing I will say to you put is, if you want, huh? you don't have writer's block because you say, you know, you're saying you're stuck, but just it's not writer's block. No, it's a speech about somebody that you know. You'll do it. You will. Two three hundred words.
2: Yeah, and very very important is to send us a video of it.
1: Yes, and also. Time yourself reading it. Oh, yeah. If you're going over seven, eight minutes, it's too long. Edit, edit, edit. Uh, yeah. Chop it down. <laughs> Chop it down. I feel like I need to be there and coach him through this. Yeah, I know, we, we
2: need you there. <laughs> but the thing about it is,
1: best man speeches, are the, they're very... It's, it, they're
2: right, subjective.
1: They're, yeah, they're hard things to do. Mm. Because also your view of that person is not, <laughs> not necessarily be what people want to hear. <laughs>
2: Gosh, I feel we've really touched a nerve with you here. <laughs> Something happened to you at a wedding.
1: No, it's just it, uh, they're just hard. They're just they're they. Yeah. And even I did one recently, and I thought, oh, how hard can it be? Because you You're know, a comedian. I mean, now. I'm a comedian. Yeah. I have a much more experience than when I did one years and years ago. Uh, but it's still hard.
2: Yeah, and the it's, worst part is people know you're a comedian, so <laughs> yeah, there is that you. expectation. They're yeah. expecting to be funny. You you know people don't know that you're a comedian, Barry. So y- don't try to be one yeah exactly if you're funny by default great but honestly don't try to be one
1: but write a speech about what a good person he is yeah the reasons you like him like it has to be it has to be personal and put a bit of heart into it yeah they're my tips
2: okay well I really really hope that you know that helps you Barry and we're looking forward to seeing you do the speech whenever that is yeah I mean set yourself a deadline I mean
1: like you know look if you want a little you know she send it through we might have a little look uh, I'm glad I, I'm very excited to hear how Barry gets on
2: and the, uh, I'm more excited to see the tie shirt
1: I mean if we don't get a picture of the Rory, tie shirt I'm going to be very annoyed
2: Rory we might have to have that conversation also you,
1: like I mean I don't want to annoy him he's one of our straight listeners and yes. that's you know
2: <laughs> okay I'll ask you Rory I want it's to see the him lamb shirt. among the wolves <laughs> <laughs> look after yourselves we'll see you next week
1: Catch you soon bye,
2: bye.
0: This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the podcast studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Ready to elevate your fall fashion? Target's new limited time only fall designer collection with designers Kika Vargas, Laline, and Sergio Hudson isn't just about great style for all. It's also all about great styling. With so many ways to style them and wear them, the collection's versatile designer pieces are meant to mix and match and become new staples in your wardrobe. Get a sneak peek of the new looks by exploring the Fall Designer Collection now on Target.com before it drops October 9th. Being a parent can be really challenging.